We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to kick things off with some recruiting coverage. I don't know if you all know this, <laughs> but Notre Dame's got a huge recruiting weekend on right now. Yeah. Big, big weekend and big in, in multiple terms. Number one, there's a lot of kids on campus, right? I mean, Notre Dame's got several players on campus, a lot of committed kids on campus. You know, you've got the Adon Schuler's on campus, Peyton Bowen's on campus this weekend, who is a little bit different than the other committed kids because he's a kid that they've got to try to convince to say it's time to shut this thing down mm-hmm. where a lot of the other kids that are on campus this weekend sean are kind of like okay they're pretty set they're on campus more to recruit others right so preston zinter's on campus to help recruit jade nalsbury and right. ronan hannafin right mm-hmm. sullivan absher and pat and uh, sam pendleton are on campus this weekend to kind of help recruit monroe freely and yeah. devin houston's on campus this weekend the Let's see, the committed kid from the Maryland, D.C. area is on campus the same weekend as the uncommitted kid from Maryland, D.C., uh, who happens to play the same position. And, of course, uh, Jaden Lamar and C.J. Carr are also on campus this weekend. So big, big weekend for Notre Dame. And, of course, not just committed kids, some very, very important uncommitted players. And Notre Dame is in a unique position, Sean, that they are 15 kids deep into a class that's going to have about 25 to 27 players. So they're basically at that halfway point, past that halfway point. So the board is smaller now, and it's a, you're able to focus in on the important players, and there are some big-time guys on campus. So we're going to go kind of position by position, talk about who is on campus, where things stand with them, what we're hearing, but then also take a little bit of a different spin on it is explain why these guys are important to Notre Dame. And so we'll kind of dive into that. But I also see somebody said, Sean, that uh, somebody said that they got to get that green hat. And then somebody else said they like the white hat. His hat, my hat, this shirt, that flag, you can find them all at the Irish Breakdown merch store. There is a link in the description box below. So, Sean Davis, let's dive into recruiting. Let's do it. Let's start off with, you know what, I'm going to call an audible from what we talked about before because I want to talk DB recruiting. I just, we, we've got to, right? There hot are two, route. Hot yes, route. yes, hot route, hot with them. There you go. There we go. Okay. If y'all knew what we were talking about before the show. Uh, so 
there's obviously some committed kids on campus this weekend. Adon Schuler's on campus. Adon is recruiting heavily for Notre Dame. He's a big recruiter for Notre Dame. You also have on campus this weekend Peyton Bowen, who is in a unique situation because he's a committed player. If you talk to any of the current commits, you've talked to a lot of kids, uncommitted players too. He is recruiting heavily for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. He's heavily involved with the committed kids, yet he still keeps telling people he's still going to take visits. So I think this weekend is really important. It's it's sort of like the March thing that kind of happened with Keon Keeley. Like, you know, like it's time to, it's time to say this is what we're doing, right? Yeah. And that's the big thing. If you can come out of this weekend with with Peyton Bowen being willing to say kind of publicly, like, I'm done. Sorry, Bama. Sorry, Michigan. Sorry, Oklahoma. I'm done. I think that'll be that'll that to me is is one of the most important, but not being talked enough about aspects of this weekend. We talk about retention, right? Everyone gets up about having a number one class. But the next step is once you get these guys in the class, you have to retain them. And Peyton Bowen is going to be one of the biggest challenges in retaining him within the class. And it's just different, right? Whether it's coaches for these players, the families for these players, or the young men themselves, there are a lot of different opinions on when someone should commit, commit, but still take your official visits. There's just a lot of theories out there on how recruiting should go for a particular player and a young man. So, you know, he's of the mindset that he wants to get the full experience of recruiting. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he is part of, I would say this, players that love Notre Dame are still considering Notre Dame and might possibly be leaning to Notre Dame are being influenced by what he's telling them. So although you might not like the fact that he's committed and still taking visits, the fact that he's out there and he's one of the main guys that is really pitching Notre Dame to the guys that are uncommitted lets you know that his heart really is at Notre Dame. And I think that kind of eases things, even though you still don't like him being committed and taking official visits. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. To me, Sean, it's why it's this weekend is so important with Peyton Bowen. Yeah. 
because we talked about this in a show earlier this week where, yes, it's he's doing all that recruiting and it's having an impact, but there's still that same thing of, well, wait a minute, I'm also looking at Bama. So, like, here's a perfect example. We're going to talk about Caleb Downs in a minute. If Peyton Bowen's on campus this weekend doing what you and I anticipate he's doing, because that's what we hear from recruits that he's doing, which is convincing kids to come to Notre Dame, well, one of the top schools for Caleb Downs is Alabama. So if you're talking to Caleb Peyton Bowen and you're like, you know, hey, I'm Notre Dame's place to be, and he's like, well, then why were you at Alabama two weeks ago or a week ago? I mean, that's a you know, that's an interesting thing, right? Yeah. That and how that conversation goes could could uh, have a very very interesting aspect, you know, way to uh, really really impact on that recruitment and other recruitments because he yeah. is a top fifty you know, a top 50 guy, there, there's no, there's no question about it. So yeah. he's, he's a, he's an important piece. Obviously a Don Schuler's solid in the class. I mean, his dad is probably as good of a recruiter for this class than any of the, as, as all the recruits. There's two DBs on campus this weekend, Sean, that are vitally important. One is vitally important that hits a huge need. The other one is more of a, uh, not necessarily a need per se, because Notre Dame does have two commits in the class, but like this is the gap eraser type of player. We're going to talk about both of those. So let's first begin with Christian Gray, because right mm-hmm. now, if you look at Notre Dame's number one ranked class, what's the big, there's two big giant glaring holes, one on each side of the ball. The one on offense, we're not getting into today because there's not a kid from that position on campus this weekend. Defense, it's corner. I don't have any corners committed in this class. There's two kids at Notre Dame, two and a half kids that Notre Dame is really zeroing in on at corner. And I say half because another young man on campus this weekend is Micah Tease, who they're more than willing to give a shot at receiver, especially now that Rodney Gallagher. So we'll talk about him at the very end. The kid that's on campus this weekend, it's Micah Bell's on campus next weekend. He's a, a, a musket for Notre Dame. The kid that's on campus this weekend is Christian Gray. So let's first talk about just kind of what we're hearing about how the visit's going uh, very briefly, because uh, we, we don't want to give too much away in regards to that, because, you know, look, visits evolve. You may have a great first day and a not a good second day, but, yeah. and then we'll dive into why he's important to this class and and, and why he's a guy that Notre Dame has to close on. So Sean, you know Christian very well. Yeah. Just kind of give us a quick vibe on, you know, where things were. You wrote an article at Irish Breakdown kind of leading into the visit, where things stood kind of coming into the visit, and then just where where things are now. Well, it goes back to that word, the connection to Peyton Bowen. And what I said, he's Christian Gray is one of those guys that Peyton Bowen has been working on along with Drake Bowen over the last three or four months. We've chronicled this before. There was a chance he was going to commit to Notre Dame in the fall. Backed off of that a little bit. Uh, his former high school coach and mentor took a job, defensive back coach down at LSU. LSU jumped into the picture. USC jumped into the picture, along with Ohio State, which was one of the first schools to offer him. So now, you know, he has this open recruiting. And he goes through the spring And because there hasn't been any connection to Notre Dame in form of visit or anything like that, Mm -hmm. people thought, oh, man, he's not feeling Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. And that couldn't have been further from the truth. Like Notre Dame has been at the top the entire time and was really one of the schools that was going to stay there and be there right right to the end. So when you talk about him coming into this visit, he's coming off the LSU visit, had a great time. 
And so, of course, his former mentor and coach is down there, comes into the Notre Dame visit, very excited, shared with me that he's still anxious, starting to feel some nerves, mm-hmm. close to his decision date of July. Less than a month day. away. Less yeah. than a month, Less than a month away. weeks away, pretty much, right? right? Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. so he's starting to feel the nerves. And then after he leaves Notre Dame, he goes out to USC, comes back, Ohio State gets the last crack at him. So he anticipated that he would have a great time because every visit has been pretty much amazing mm-hmm. for him. Every time he's going to Notre Dame, the last time he was here was in April and he anticipated that it would be the same this time, but he just wanted to make sure that's the one thing he wanted to tell me. I want to make sure that the vibe I always felt is still mm-hmm. there. So he has all the information he needs about the school. He's been right. here. This is his fifth visit. No need to go in and ask questions. He knows. He has a great relationship, and now he just wants to make sure that what he has been feeling each and every time, that special feeling, if it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing about his recruitment, Sean, is Notre Dame has always been a major player for him, but there's mm-hmm. no doubt that they went from, like you said, they were the team. I mean, we we were anticipating him potentially committing – like late fall, we started to hear that. And then we kind of, yeah. he made a visit was, I think it was like that January 29th weekend. I'm looking at the yep. business schedule now. I think he was on campus that weekend. And there was a lot of rumblings. He was going to pop right after that. And then, like you said, Ohio State and LSU got only in the mix. Notre Dame was still there, but they definitely fell behind those other schools. And, and LSU especially was considered for a while the leader because of, the, you mentioned about Coach Steeples being hired, who's a really good guy. And if you mm-hmm. ever got to know him, it really in, – in, Really good coach, had success at DeSmet, went to yeah. the NFL, former NFL player, and is now at LSU. And so uh, he almost he was sort of a, one of the finalists for the cornerback's job that Mike Mickens got, right? So uh, good football coach and, and obviously going to have that relationship for, with Christian Gray. You wrote an article, I think it was Christian, I believe, came back on campus in, I think it was March, uh, Sean, March or April. He came back on campus. Was it the blue gold game? I'm trying to remember when he was on campus. Maybe it was before it was before the blue gold game. I'm trying to remember when exactly it was. But there was a comment he made that Notre Dame is making a move. And it was it was kind of like Notre Dame had fallen and they started to ascend again. And the comment that you made to me at the time was really interesting was basically Christian Gray's a Notre Dame kid. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he quite realizes it yet. Right. And I think that's the thing that's changed in recent weeks is I think he realizes there's all there's look LSU's DBU and the the, the head the, the connection with the position coach Ohio State is if LSU's not DBU in the last decade Ohio State is. And obviously what they bring to the table, but at the end of the day there's that one team that's just been lurking all around. Now obviously he's got a visit coming up to Ohio State and USC. Yep. But I think this is this is closing weekend for Notre Dame. Right. And we're not going to hear anything publicly about his recruitment in regards to being done. But this is the chance for Notre Dame to say, we're going to end this sucker and it's going to be over with. And that's going to be a very important piece of that, because he is one of, I would argue, one of the five most important recruits on the board. Not necessarily, you know, ranking them five best, but because he does play the position where Notre Dame doesn't have anybody and needs another strong year like last year at corner and i also think he's an important recruit from a perception standpoint too sean and the perception being number one 
you got a top 100 corner. Number two, you beat LSU for him, who hired his position coach or hired his head coach in high school. And then number three, not only did you beat an SEC school for a, a kid from an, a, a state that's got an SEC school in it, you came back to do it. You beat Ohio State, but also it's big for Mike Mickens. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, I would argue Christian Gray and Ben, I would argue that Benjamin Morrison graded out higher for me, even than Christian Gray, who's a top 100 recruit. But the perception isn't there because he wasn't a highly ranked recruit. So if you beat Bam and Washington for Benjamin Morrison last year, and then you beat Ohio State and LSU for Christian Gray this year, who's also a highly ranked recruit, some of the some of the talk about Mike Mickens is going to stop real fast. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another reason why this is important. And then all of a sudden, his even though he hasn't changed at all as a recruiter or a coach, some of the vibe about him changes, which then impacts recruiting that position moving forward. So that's why Christian Gray and, and, and Micah Bell are super important in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Not just from a practical standpoint, they need them as players. I think it really helps silence some of the, I think, unfounded criticism about Mike Mickens as a coach and especially as a recruiter. And it's very important to get both of those guys because it gives you one kid that's very athletic that can be more of your bump and run corner. And then you have your big physical corner on right. the other side. And that's great. But, Christian Gray. Great combination. And that would, yeah, that would be Christian Gray. So that's what you want in your room. You want diversity in that room. You want to be able to have guys that can do both things. And it's going to end up making that back end much better if you can get both of them in the fold. Right. So Christian Gray is a big one. Caleb Downs is another one, Sean. And I, right. every time he visits, <laughs> I get told the same thing by sources. He loves it at Notre Dame. And I'm hearing it again. Right. Like, dude, you don't I've heard I've literally had four sources reach out to me without me asking, mm-hmm. talking about man, Christian Gray is loving his visit to Notre Dame. I just can't I can't it's 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 one of the last bits of BK PTSD I got left in me, Sean. Yes. I get it. Like it's just one of those things that's still there. I just can't. Right, I can't accept that. It, at the end of the day, he's going to turn down Bama and Georgia and come to Notre Dame. But yeah. if he if he doesn't if he doesn't pick Notre Dame, there is nothing else the staff could have done. I mean, no. they have done such. They have made the, if he does pick Bama or Georgia, which ultimately I will not believe he's picking Notre Dame until the day he picks Notre Dame, and it has nothing to do with Caleb Downs. Caleb Downs is an incredible Notre Dame fit. He is a Notre Dame kid. It's just, again, it's it's my BKPTSD. It's like five-star public school kid from Georgia not going to the national champs the last two years from the SEC. I just I have a hard time with it. Yeah. But if they're able to get him, man, it, it's, it sends shockwaves. But e- even, even if they don't get him, I think this the, his recruitment showing that Notre Dame is, and you've said this, Sean, multiple times in conversation with us. I know you've tweeted about it. This staff is not afraid to go to anyone else's backyard and say, we're going to do everything we can to take your best players. Yeah. And Caleb Downs is, is one of those the, the I, primary I, examples of that. I tweeted this out on Thursday. I love the audacity of this coaching staff. Like the, the, un, the unmitigated gall to walk into modern day. How dare you walk into modern day? Don't you know this is mm-hmm. USC's pipeline? How dare you walk in there and ask for three of their top players and offer three of their type players? Like, how dare you walk into Nick Saban's backyard 90 miles east 
and offer and have a great relationship with the number one defensive back and the number four player in the state of Alabama and Jalen Mbappé. Like, how dare you? How dare you go mm-hmm. down to New Louisiana, Baton Rouge's backyard, and get Jaden Osbury up here and have him high on be high on his list? The audacity of this coaching staff is absolutely amazing. I love mm-hmm. it. I love their approach to recruiting. They're not scared. And they're mate, they have this ability, Brian, that I don't know if the previous coaching staff didn't have it. I'll let you take that part. But they have an ability to make recruits believe that Notre Dame is a special place and on the verge of doing special things. And that, when you get that feeling, that's the type of feeling you have to have to get a kid to leave his comfort zone, programs like Alabama and Georgia, to come to South Bend, they have to have something that they believe in that is worth more than just what they would get from a football standpoint down south. And I'll tell you this, just a tidbit. I told you about a conversation I had with a Notre Dame great, and he flat out asked me about Caleb Downs. Mm -hmm. He'll be on campus this weekend. Yes. To talk to the young man. Yes. He, Notre Dame is pulling out all the stops. Oh, gosh, yes. That's why I say if they don't get him, it's just – you got to go win a playoff game or a title for. I mean, it, there's not. I mean, there's nothing else they could possibly do. You, you asked me about the previous staff, Sean, and, and we were supposed to talk about culture in the next segment, and we will. Yeah. But I think the Caleb Downs thing and what you just said is part of that. You know, Kenny Moore says, "What's good, IB?" Freeman is definitely changing the culture. He's rebranding Notre Dame as we speak, and and I think that applies on the recruiting trail as well. Sean, listen, man. Here's the deal. You know this as well as I do. We both have preaching experience, right? You've worked in radio. Mm-hmm. I've worked in coaching. I mean, we've had we've we've done a lot of these things uh, where you've got to deliver a message. Here's the reality of it: most people, especially young men like Caleb Downs, yes, especially young men like Keon Keeley, especially young men like Peyton Bowen, especially young men like Dante Moore, especially young men like you know, like Ronan Hannifin, and I, I, mean, I could go down the list of all these big time players in their name. They they are savvy kids that see through the bull crap. Yes. And you can say, I mean, the previous staff sold the academics. I mean, they started the four for 40 and what makes Notre Dame unique. But if you don't believe it to be true in your heart, mm. you can't sell it to a degree. Good point. The biggest difference is Brian Kelly sold those things as talking points. But then he would open his mouth and talk about how all these challenges that they face in Notre Dame. Yeah. Whereas when Marcus Freeman talks about how Notre Dame is special, he actually believes it. He doesn't talk down the university in other ways. I mean, so it's like I can I can preach a message and it sounds good and I'm mm. going to continue to get paid. But if I don't believe it in the heart of hearts, it's not going to be life altering. And recruiting's the same way. It's not transformation. No, there's no power. No, to it. Yeah. there's not. And yeah. and the reality is, is it's got to come from the very top. And that's the biggest difference. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we, we interviewed an offensive lineman yesterday, a three-star offensive. He was, he was a, a three-star consensus at the time. A couple of the outlets like two, four, seven sports have, have recognized his ability and they're starting to move him up. You know, they have him in the like number two, two, three overall. Right. So they're coming around. But at the time when he and I were talking, he was a consensus three-star recruit from Arizona. 
And I asked him, I said, you know, so what's it been like talking with, 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 with coach Eastan and, and the nerd, you know, who else do you talk to? And no, I just said coach Eastan and he just starts talking about coach Eastan. He goes, but then he starts talking about Marcus Freeman. Like he loves coach Eastan, but then he, he starts talking about Marcus Freeman. Like, yeah, I talk to coach Freeman all the time. Like this, why is the head coach calling a three-star offensive lineman? <laughs> right. Cause that he gets it right. Cause yeah. he believes in it. Yeah. And because his offensive line coach said, I want that kid. Yeah. And it's okay, let's do it. Let's get right? it. And I think that's the culture aspect of it. And you don't have, you don't get this far with Caleb Bounds if that's not the case. Right. Like, you know, you don't get CJ Carr to come to Notre Dame as a sophomore. Yeah. It, you know, who if, if with the, the change that's happened since November. Yeah. Those things just don't happen. You're not sitting here with the 15 kids you got in the class if, if that's the case. And so the culture change doesn't just start on the team. If anything, we've seen it begin even sooner on the recruiting trail because we saw it last year with the defensive recruiting. Yeah. And so to me, Sean, that's kind of where really where I'm at with it is I think that's the big thing about like the Caleb Downs recruitment and some of these other things. I think the culture change is is also impactful there. And you have a head coach that buys into it. And then you hire coaches that if the head coach buys into it, you're going to buy into it as an assistant coach and you're going to sell it. And to me, that's the big change. But that's that's the only reason Caleb Downs is now making his fourth trip to Notre Dame. Again, I'm not going to I'm, I'm, I'm not. Look, I could sit here and say all the great things and repeat all the things I'm being told and, and, and make everybody sound good. And then when he doesn't pick Notre Dame, I could say, well, you know, things change. I'm going to give you my honest opinion, and I hope I'm wrong. It, but, it, it, again, it's not even about Caleb Downs. It's just I've been doing this a long time, and Notre Dame just doesn't go down to the southeast and get public school kids that are five stars that are looking at Bama and Georgia. It just doesn't happen. And, you know, if if they're able to do that – because, like, when they got Keon Keeley, he was not a top 100 recruit, much less a five-star. No. He's also from a private school. Cal Hamilton was from a private school. So the circumstances are different. And and if they're able to get Caleb Downs, who, again, is the epitome of what Marcus Freeman said when he got hired in that interview with Chris Zorch. You know, we talk a lot about Notre Dame kids. Well, it's my job to go find Notre Dame kids that don't basically don't know that they're Notre Dame kids and convince them of it. And I don't know if there's a better representative of that than Caleb Downs. I mean, there's a several, and I've said that about three or four kids. He's definitely in that mix of, you know, five-star player, very good student, values academics, right? That's part of the reason he's been on campus four times. That's part of the reason his brother went to North Carolina, right? His older brother, Josh, went to North Carolina. It's a very good school. Yeah. And so it just, that, that would be the, that would be the litmus test. There's two recruits in 2023 that are tidal wave recruits. And the one on defense is, is Caleb Downs. Caleb Downs. Yeah. I, you watch film of this kid, Brian. He's being recruited as a safety. This kid is, he plays quarterback. He plays wide receiver. He plays cornerback. He's just a flat out five-star elite athlete. Mm-hmm. Right? And he's a difference maker. He's a difference maker. You use tidal wave. He's a difference maker. I want to point this out, though. The family message that is being preached, and it comes from the top, like you said, but the players have grabbed hold to it. And when you see a Don Shuler tweet out this morning a picture with him, Peyton, and Caleb Downs, like 
Notre Dame's future safeties. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's why Caleb Downs right. would leave because he feels right. like these guys are my family. Right. That's what you, that, and that's what's important about this week. Yeah. And that's what's so important. And that is one of the things, along with what four for forever and everything that goes along with Notre Dame. That's something that I think has been hidden. We won't get into it. Why? Because you would have to dig deep and know players to understand the brotherhood and the family. Right. But now when Marcus Freeman is being open for everybody to see and for recruits to feel this is right. Notre Dame. We are family. It's a brotherhood. Come join us. Right. I think there's another aspect to it, Sean. Also, mm-hmm. on top of the things we've talked about, if you get him, it opens up the floodgates for the Southeast for kids like him. Absolutely. And I think that's something that is is a big part of this as well. So one of the questions we had, and I cannot find the question I should have started. I apologize. Uh, but there was a question that asked, you know, let's just say hypothetically they do get Caleb Downs. How would they get all three of them on the field together? Number one. That's not that hard. Number, Notre Dame plays three, four safeties at a time, so you'll yeah. have them in a rotation. Number two, another way to do it is is, is not only do you norm, do a rotation in your base defense, there's also nickel packages that would get a third safety on the field as well. Yeah. And I think with Peyton Bone especially, like I could see Caleb Downs being a nickel. Like Ryan and I even talked one time about, you know, especially if you're a zone team, I could see him being a big corner. Caleb Downs is incredibly athletic. Like he yeah. could be a rover. Yeah. A strong safety, a free safety, and a boundary corner. Like he is that kind of special athlete. Yeah. I don't know if corners where I would put him because I don't think that's his best position. Just like I don't think Rover is where you're going to maximize his talent. He'd be a very good Rover, but is that really where you're maximizing his talent the best? But he could do those things. The point, however, is between – I also would say similar things about Peyton Bowen. Facts. Could play, could play big corner, could play nickel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the point is, Don Schuler's the kind of the 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 true safety of true the safety. group, right? Yep. And and those other kids can play nickel, can play corner. So I think that's easy to say. Like, look, you get one of those two, Schuler or, da- or Downs or Bowen can can kind of play like a nickel spot. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it is, is if you want to go to a three safety look where you want to get more of a thumper down near the box, that's where now Adon Schuler becomes a potential second level guy in a yeah. nickel type of defense. Let's say you're playing an air raid team that throws the ball a lot. You know, the, obviously they're going to throw the ball a lot to the perimeter. So you got to be good tacklers in the perimeter. But they're also like a North Carolina air raid where they want to run the ball. I, I look at, OK, let's put Adon Schuler in as a rover. You know, let's put him in as the as a nick in, in certain nickel looks on in and say, hey, look, when that's going to give us a, a a guy that can cover on the field, but also a guy that can come up and, and blow up the perimeter screens and be a runner and that kind of stuff. So there's lots of different options to match up with those guys because I do yeah. think Caleb and Peyton have a similar skill set that allows them to play all over, which means they don't like it's not like Caleb and Peyton are going to be competing at the same position the whole time. They're right. so versatile that it's it, if you can't get those both of those guys on the field at the same time, you need to find another line of work. Yeah. Right. But then you have a Don brings a completely different type of skill set to the table, which would make that a really unique trio. So I don't think it'd be hard at all to get those three guys on the field. And that's the other thing, too, is you see the father of the lowest ranked guy in that group. Right. A Don's the guy that's not getting the love from a recruiting mm-hmm. ranking standpoint. He, yeah. uh, rivals just dropped him out of the top 250, which is absurd to me. Right. Like speaking of finding new things to do with your career, like whoever 
fought for that decision. But the point is, his dad is probably the one that should be most concerned about Notre Dame getting a Caleb Downs. He should be most concerned about getting a Caleb Downs because he'd be perceived as the number three safety. But who's the guy there pushing for him? It's a Don and and, and, Don, and Mr. Schuler. Yeah. Which just yeah. kind of goes to show that, like, look, we're, we're, we know, which tells me two things. Number one, the Notre Dame coaching staff has made a very clear pitch, not only to Caleb, but to a Don about how that trio works. And then they also look at last year's safety class that had a grand total of zero players in it, and that helps as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So You're I making think that me... speaks volumes about the, yeah. just about even a guy like a Don Schuler and his dad, Don Schuler. That it, there's no, there's no, um, Sean, there's no, uh, ego there it's like look man we're, we're trying to we're trying to get this ring you know yeah. and the three of us is better than two of us yeah yeah I love and it. it's so funny with you saying all of that if i'm a, if i'm an offensive coordinator going against those guys i'm like yo let me just go one, three tight ends one wide receiver all day because <laughs> to take one of them off the field because right. i don't force them into their uh, multi-linebacker set so they can get josh burnham and junior to mock and jalen sneed and nolan ziegler and drake bowen and preston center and Maybe a kid from Louisiana on the roster. So basically, you're telling me you, you're I'm effed either way. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but that's where we're at, though, right? That's why yeah. like Caleb Caleb Downs is so important because you got right. a really good safety in the Don Schuler. You've got yeah. a, a top fifty caliber player in Peyton Bowen, and then you add a five star kid like Caleb Downs. That's a yeah. game changer. But again, as I've said, I, I just I'll believe it when I see it, but I'm not going to just ignore the conversation because of my paranoia. And so that's why we that's why we had a conversation about it. So DB big weekend on campus. It's also a really big weekend for the receiver position. It is. There are two kids that that Notre Dame has got on campus this weekend that are incredibly important to this class, and that is Ronan Hannafin and Rico Flores for completely different reasons. I want to begin with Ronan Hannafin. We wrote coming into the visit, Sean, that this could be the game changer weekend for him. Ronan is is looking at Nebraska and BC as well, but it's Notre Dame, Clemson, and Bama are the three main contenders for him. And Nebraska's recruiting, I mean, excuse me, Alabama's recruiting him on defense. And I think that the thing that helps Notre Dame and Clemson is they're both recruiting him on offense. And and Ronan has been adamant from day one, I'll play wherever you need me. I'm going to go to the, the school that's best for me. And even if it's not necessarily the position that I want to play. Yeah. But because he's an offensive guy, I think that does hurt Bama because I don't know if a lot of the other things that Ronan is looking for necessarily fit Bama. I think it's more about it's Bama, right? right? And 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 the position they're recruiting him for, my understanding is, is the position that Nick Saban coaches personally. So you know, when Nick Saban wants you to play his position, it's like that's why they did so well at corner for so many years. Yeah. You ever notice that ever since he stopped coaching corners, they haven't recruited corner the they way that recruit, they used to? They haven't. They I'm haven't. just saying. I'm just saying. So that's a big one. But Clemson obviously has done a great job with him. Uh, Coach Sweeney has done a great job with him. The whole offensive staff has done a great job with Ronan Hannafin. They've made him such a huge priority. And then, of course, Notre Dame is there. So Clemson has made this sucker a game. I mean, I think a lot of people just assume that Ronan Hannafin's a a no-doubt, no-brainer. It's not a problem. Maybe that was true six months ago. But as Clemson and Bama and Oklahoma and LSU and USC and Georgia recently offered him too, yeah, you know, that kids is. I mean, other than Caleb Downs, I don't know if there's a more impressive offer list on campus this weekend, except maybe Caleb Downs and Peyton Bowen. 
You're probably right. Notre Dame, Bama, yeah. Georgia, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, yeah. USC, Oklahoma. I mean, you have every national champion from here until till 2013 is offered this kid. Yeah. And and uh that means they see what we see when right. we watch the film. Right. Like I understand everybody wants to make the excuse of competition and all of that. Film is film. Like either you have it or you don't. That's and right. You immediately see that this kid has it. You're a four four or you're not. It doesn't matter who you play against. You're absolutely. six two and a half, two oh five, or you're not. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. Right. You're absolutely right. And this is a kid that to me, I think Ronan does want to play defense. I think it took I think part of the issue too is it took Notre Dame some time to figure out where they liked him best. Mm. Because you've got two sides of the ball kind of fighting for this kid. Like, no, no, we want him. You know, I think Chris O'Leary was like, No, I, I like this kid at safety. You know, and then and then Marcus Freeman's like, yeah, but I kind of like him at Rover. And then now Golden, you may like him a linebacker. Tommy Reese is like, oh, hold on a second. You know, like we we kind of like him too, you know. And I think there was that debate and that battle. And ultimately it came down to, okay, well, Ronan, what do you want to play? And I don't yeah. think Ronan had a, an idea of that early on. Right. I think he had kind of convinced himself early that defense was it because he has played defense longer. And I think early on, that's where teams were recruiting him for. But as you started to see more and more teams watch his offensive film and kind of get past certain thoughts about, you know, like you talked about earlier, Sean, and and like Ryan talked about the other day, white receiver from Massachusetts, you know, you, you okay, Rover, linebacker. Well, mm-hmm. then you dive into the film and you're like, uh, this dude is really athletic and 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 can really play. As more teams have started to kind of look at him as a receiver, I think that changed his mind because I think that's ultimately where he wanted to play. Yeah. And of course, Notre Dame settled in on that and they've made him a huge priority. So he has he does not have any other visits set up yet, but I do know Alabama's really pushing to get him on campus next weekend. Notre Dame needs to close on this one in a big way this weekend. Like you do not and want I don't mean going down there. Yeah. What yeah, you don't want him going down there. You don't want this thing dragging into July. This thing needs to be over this weekend. I mean, that's that's where it needs to be that they've got to close this one out because forget the recruiting rankings. This is a big time player and this would be a big time pickup. And it also fills a position that right now is still a big need. And it it, it won't hurt that, number one, one of his buddies is on campus this weekend, Preston Zinter. You saw mm-hmm. that they flew in together. Yep. It won't hurt either that the five star quarterback that just committed is going to be on campus this weekend, too. It's not a coincidence he's coming on campus same weekend as Ronan Hannafin. So this is a big, big, big commitment recruitment, excuse me, for Notre Dame. They've got to get a commitment from him this weekend because they need another big time receiver in this class. I think Ronan compliments Braylon James really well. He can play some X, he can play some Z, he can play some W. And 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 the other thing too, he's just now scratching the surface of what he can be as a receiver because he's just out there being athletic. He doesn't has no clue how to play receiver right now. None. None. And you know, you give Chancey Stucky that kind of ball of clay, you know, that's gonna be something. It's gonna be something. That's his power forward. Remember, he talked yep. about you know his wide receiver room being like a basketball team, starting five. That would be his stretch, his stretch four slash power forward mm-hmm. the guy that's six that has that's big but still can go up make plays ball track the ball make plays after the catch perfect fit if they can get that commitment from him it would be wonderful just found out we weren't sure if this was going to happen this weekend or next weekend or this summer at all but just got uh, word it just his mom just tweeted it out keon keely's on campus this weekend as well 
So that's huge. You get your top-ranked, top-five overall player stud on campus. It doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. I think Jaden Lamar is on campus too, right? Yeah, yeah. We mentioned him earlier. We just weren't sure. Uh, we weren't sure at, about whether or not Keon was going to make it because they were trying to move him to next weekend to be yeah. on campus with someone else they thought was going to be on campus next weekend, but he's not going to be on campus now. So yeah. he's on campus this weekend. That's a big one for Notre Dame. You get yeah, Keon, Keon all, on campus. They were all together getting haircuts last night. Yes. So I saw that yes. on Instagram. It was yes. pretty cool. So, uh, Sean, Peyton Bowen's – or excuse me, not Peyton Bowen. Uh, Ronan Hannafin, very, very, very important player for Notre Dame. Have to get him. Would be a huge feather in Chancey Stuckey and Tommy Reese's cap. And I'll be honest with you, Chancey Stuckey's recruiting him, but Tommy Reese has kind of take this one over, taken this one over. <laughs> if that tells you what Notre Dame thinks about him. And it's not yeah. because Chancey Stuckey doesn't like him or doesn't want him. It's more like when the, you know, this, when the big guns come out, the big dogs come out, you know like this is a guy that they want. Here's another interesting fact. I don't know if people know this. Do you know who the person who, who made the initial decision that we're going to push hard for this kid? It's Marcus Freeman. He was making his East Coast swing early in February, if you remember, mm-hmm. and or was it January? It was one of the, it was one of the first times he got on the road. I think it might have been January. Now that I think it was about right it. after the bowl game, right? You, you could be right. And yeah. he went to the Northeast because you had Preston Zinter, you had Ronan Hannafin, you had Samson Okunlola, you had a lot of Northeastern. And then he was going to go see Tai Chan because you know uh, you know see him face to face and all that kind of stuff because Tai Chan's up from that region. I think they went and saw Bubakar at the time. But they didn't know a lot about Ronan Hannafin at the time, from what I'm told. Marcus Freeman went to the school, met Ronan, watched some film, and what I was told is called the staff and was like, you better – we we need to get this kid, right? And so basically whoever's going to be in charge of his recruitment, don't screw this one up, right? Like So when the boss – says this is one of my dudes like he's he was looking from he was like with Ronan Hannafin kind of how I was with how I am with Jay Nosbury like this guy's just this is the kind of guy you win championships with yeah yeah right and and it's your task to get him don't mess it up so if you're Tommy Reese you're like okay I got this one <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I get this one done so I think that tells you a little bit about about um yeah a little bit about where Notre Dame views running Hannafin. Yeah. 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 Nick Saban's Percy recruiting him at Alabama. Dabo's Percy recruiting him at Notre Dame or at Clemson. And then Marcus Freeman and, and Tommy Reese are very involved in his recruitment at Notre Dame. I, I think we can dispel the three-star stuff now, right, with Ronan Hannafin. Another player on campus this weekend is Rico Flores. This is a very fascinating and interesting recruitment, Sean. Mm-hmm. So basically, here's the lowdown. And if you're on the message board, you know this a couple days ago. So I'm going to put it out there now. So basically, Rico's top school for a long time has been Ohio State. He's got a final three of Notre Dame, Ohio State, Georgia. And he's in love with Ohio State, as we understand why. You look at what Ohio State's done in recent years at receiver, it makes sense. If you're if you're a receiver who value, who thinks you're an NFL player, it would make sense why you want to look at Alabama and Ohio State. And so he he's really tied with Ohio State, but for a while there, Ohio State wasn't necessarily pushing for him because they thought they were going to get Cardinal Tate, Brandon Ennis, and Noah Rogers. Well, now they're not going to get Brant Cardinal Tate, we don't think, right? I'm not trying to take his moment, but that's what is being reported publicly is that it's going to Ohio State. Alabama is making a hard push for Brandon Ennis and is making that a little bit difficult, and he said he's going to wait to the end. So now Ohio State's starting to ramp things back up again. Well, in the meantime, Notre Dame has really charged on this one, Sean. And 
Rico, I don't believe, has been on campus before. So a couple interesting things about this. Rico is, I think, either a 4.0 student or a borderline 4.0 student. Very high academic kid. I believe, if I remember correctly, Sean, I'm going to pull this up now. I believe he actually has a couple Ivy League offers. This is a kid from Northern California. If I, if my memory serves me correctly, he does have some Ivy League offers. I, I, I could be, yes, Yale has offered this kid a scholarship. So big-time player, talented player, or excuse me, big-time academic kid, talented player. Notre Dame took advantage of the little bit of the uncertainty with where he stood with Bama, with Bama and, and or excuse me, Clemson, or Ohio State and Georgia. So what we found out kind of coming in the visit is mom is very much in favor of the team of in South Bend. Oh, no surprise. Yes. Shocker. Yeah. Shocker. What what was it the comment you made to you made to me the other day? If Notre Dame got every kid whose parents wanted Notre Dame, they would have every top hundred kid in the country except for two. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. And we know who those two are. Every recruit, <laughs> the parents all want the kids to go, right. yeah, Notre right. Dame. Right. Notre Dame. So I think Notre Dame stepping into that void and taking advantage. They, it's like they saw their opening. It's like they, you know, they saw their opening, they smelled blood in the water, and they they went for the, they went for the attack. That has allowed Notre Dame to put themselves in a really good position coming into this weekend. Yep. He now has an Ohio State and the Georgia visit coming up, which means you have to absolutely dominate his recruitment this weekend. Like if you're going to get him to not either go to Ohio State or go to Ohio State and then say no to Ohio State when he visits again. You have to knock it completely out of the park this weekend. So this is a very, very important recruitment for Notre Dame. And this weekend is going to make or break whether or not Notre Dame has a chance to get him. Now, if you can get him to do what Elijah Page did, that's the ideal scenario. Like for both of the receivers, Ronan Hannafin and, and, and Rico Flores, Sean, the goal is to kind of do with them what you did with Elijah Page. Elijah Page canceled three June official visits after visiting Notre Dame and said, I'm done. We asked him on the show yesterday, are you done? You still take it? Nope, not going to USC, not going to Michigan State, not going to Washington. If they can do that with Rico Flores and or Ronan Hannafin, then you know that's how you seal the deal. Yeah, with Ronan, go he ahead. Was supposed to be in Michigan State when he was talking to you. Correct. Right? He was supposed to be on his way to Michigan State, right? or even already there. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So you, you, you love, and he was going to go to USC. I think next weekend or the or the twenty fourth. I can't remember which weekend he was going to USC. But he's going to go to USC. USC wanted him bad. Yeah. So. That that this is a big weekend for those two guys, Sean. Now I don't know if you can convince him to not take his visits, just like with Christian Gray. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to convince him not to take his final two visits, especially since they already have July commitment date set up. Yeah, but you at the very least you have to you have to just completely put yourself so far out in front of those other schools that it doesn't matter what they do on the visits. You you're you're gonna you're gonna get them, and that's that's it's a tough task. But that's what Notre Dame has in front of them. And I believe Christian Gray and Rico Flores are both going to be at Ohio State next weekend. I think I know so. Christian's going to no, be there, Christian's right? Christian's at USC next week. I thought he was going to USC the 24th. Um, you, could, you could be right. You, you're tighter to that recruitment than yeah. I am. I, I could think, have him backwards. I think USC was the 16th, and then okay. Ohio State got the last. Okay, five. so he's going to be at USC this weekend, this yeah. upcoming weekend, and then there. And I think that uh, – I think that – Christian or Rico Flores is going to Ohio State this up this next weekend, and then Georgia. No, I'm actually wrong. He's going to go to Georgia next weekend, and then he's going to be to Ohio State the weekend of the 24th, okay. the same weekend as Christian Gray. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, 
going to be very, very interesting in that area, Sean. No question about it. D, oh, offensive line. I mean, we can be quick about this one, right? You've got four really good players. With one spot, supposedly, right? Left. We think we think that if the right two want to come, that they would they wouldn't figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, yeah. Monroe Freeling to me is the top player on the board. I love Charles Jagasaw, but but Monroe Freeling is a pure left tackle. He's the highest ranked guy on my board, arguably the highest ceiling. Although him and Jagasaw and Page are in the conversation for highest ceiling. The big thing that Freeling has on Jagasaw is he's a more natural tackle and a more natural pass blocker. We'll see, you know, Charles is going to have to learn that because he plays in a very run-heavy offense, as you know. But these two kids are both five-star upside kids, and I think you got to get them both. You get Charles next weekend, you get Monroe this weekend. I feel like if you're Notre Dame, if you don't come out of this weekend feeling like we've got a great shot with this kid, I, I, that's where I think you start thinking about, like, okay, is, is this going to happen? I mean, this is his third visit to campus, third or fourth visit to campus. Yeah. If you don't come out of this weekend – you know, having met Harry, he stand three times now on, on your place. Plus, you know, him going out to your school. If you're not all about Notre Dame now, it's kind of like, maybe there's just something keeping them from there. They've got Selman Absher and Sam Pendleton on campus. They've both become very friendly with Monroe, especially Selman Absher. They've visited. This is the third time they visited together. So that's one where I've, I've, I've been told that some people are reporting that there's some, you know, they're fading. I don't buy that. I don't think that's accurate, but this weekend, if you can't, you've got to try to seal the deal this weekend, even if it's just a silent. And then he still wants to kind of take it on. That's okay. You're still in pole position with that. And if he carries it out, it kind of benefits you, Sean, because it gives you more time to figure out how to make the six guys work. Uh, so uh, I think those are, those are going to be big parts of big parts of, of, getting this class together. I think Monroe Freeling also, here's the other thing too, and this is, not as important as him as a player. Yeah. But I think that I think that it's also important to note that a guy like Monroe Freeling, who's a top 50 caliber recruit with most of the services, is very also very important to maintaining that number one spot, which from a perception standpoint matters. Right? Like Elijah Page helps you have a you know potentially a great offensive line. So does Monroe Freeling, but Elijah Page is not a highly ranked kid. No. Monroe Freeling is. Charles yeah. Jagsaw is. And that's why those guys are also more, also important. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, you, that's not even going out on a limb. You, you don't turn down the two top tackles on your board. Right? Right. You don't I do don't that. think. Not if when they're they, that good. If they both want to come, you make room. Say, right. okay, instead of five, we'll take six. We're going to be even more dominant along the offensive line. They're in a really good position. Well, both guys, as far as being able to close and the possibility of closing things out in the month of June, we'll see what happens. I know the discussions we have, one is probably more of a battle than the other one at this point in time. And it should be interesting. It should absolutely be interesting. We're getting to a point in this recruiting where even where guys might be at a crossroad where they have to decide between two or three programs when they look at the momentum of the Notre Dame class, it's almost like, do I, man, I really like this school, but I would really love to be a part of that. Right. Like this program is really good. I can see myself playing there, 
But do I miss? And out? they've already won titles. Yes. Right, because with him, he's looking at Georgia, Bama, and yeah. Clemson. Yeah. Right. But do I miss out on the opportunity to do it here and how right. special it would be? It's right. a very interesting dynamic that's going on. With and they're selling that. Levels. Yeah. They're selling that. No, yeah. This Notre Dame staff is selling that. There's no yeah. doubt about it. They're selling that. So this is a big weekend for Monroe Freeling. I'm very curious to hear how things go. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard anything yet other than he's enjoying himself. But With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Let's talk about the final two guys, Sean, because we're going to talk some front seven recruiting here now. And there's two guys on campus that I think are incredibly important. And they are not, neither one is necessarily at a position of need. But they are very, very important recruits from a standpoint of the recruiting rankings, but they're just excellent players. And that's Jason Moore and Jaden Osbury. I think two guys that are incredibly important to to landing in this class. Let's talk about Jason Moore. It's not a coincidence that Notre Dame has Devin Houston and Keon Keeley on campus the same weekend as Jason Moore. Because Notre Dame's D-line class is done, John. I mean, it's done other than Jason Moore. And here's the thing about Jason Moore. You don't need Jason Moore. They want Jason Moore. It's kind of like this kid's too good. You know, you put him on one side and Keon Kelly on the other, or if he slides inside, mm-hmm. you know, Ryan wrote about it today at Irish Breakdown, that he's the difference between having a really good, you know, top two or three in the nation D-line class, and not mm-hmm. only the best D-line class, but sort of for Notre Dame, a generational D-line class. Mm-hmm. Jason Moore's the diff- Jason Moore's the guy that says, okay, this is now better than the 2011 D-line class. Yeah. He's, that's that, saying he's that kind of player. Yes, it that's is. That's saying something. Yes, it is. He's a very important guy. So, I mean, he hasn't been on campus in a in a while. This is his first time to campus since Marcus Freeman's been named the head coach, because he was trying to come. Remember, his he's, he's the trying kid to come in April, right? Yeah, and then his brother was his brother yeah. tore his Achilles at Villanova yeah. in, the, in the was it the Elite Eight game or the Sweet Sixteen game? It was literally the uh, the game right Elite Eight right okay. before the Final Four. Man, yes, it's a bummer. Yeah, so that kept it. Obviously, mom had to help take care of, of the older son, and that kept them from being on campus. But he's on campus this weekend with his mom. Sean, this is a big one for Notre Dame. Must get. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to take that next step, and we talk about how the defensive line needs to take a step up and improve to become championship caliber, you need to get this guy in your recruiting class. You need to stack him with Keon Keeley, Brennan Vernon, uh, the kid, I'm sorry, the other kid they got from East uh, Houston. Right, and then Bubakar Traore. Bubakar Traore. Stack those guys. And like you said, they're done, but you don't turn away a talent like this. Right. You know, which is so right. interesting when you look at this. The 
and how things are going to happen moving forward. How do you balance momentum and kids that want to come with waiting on guys, top guys mm-hmm. that you get and, and, right. and balancing the numbers out? It's going to be very interesting to see because it's going to end up being a good problem right, for Notre Dame in a 24 and a 25 class. I think this is also how the, the game changing helps Notre Dame too. Mm-hmm. Because there is so much more of an acceptance of rotating now. Yeah. Where 20 years ago, it was like, you're a starter. You play 85, 90% of the reps, if not all of them. There's more an embracing embracing of, of playing a deeper D-line rotation. How do you play all those five guys together? Well, you don't go to a 5-2, but I'm going to play 8-9 D-linemen every week. Right. And that's that's kind of how you have an elite defensive line. I mean, then when, when one guy goes pro, the next guy steps in and – I mean, Notre Dame in back-to-back years had both of their starting defensive ends get drafted. I mean, think about that. In 2019, Khalid Kareem and Julian Aguara go to the draft. They both get drafted that fall, that that right after 2019. Right. A year later, Dalen Hayes and Adio Gandiji are starters basically for one year. Right. And then they go get drafted. Right? I mean, that's the selling point that Notre Dame has. And then now you've got Al Washington as the guy selling it. it that's kind of where um, – you know, where this thing takes a, a big jump for me if you're Notre Dame. So he's a very, very important recruit for Notre Dame. And, and again, it's a little different than some of those other guys. But I think it's also important, too, is, man, Sean, they got to they gotta start having more success at the Catholic schools in DC and in, in the D.C. area. And he's obviously at one at DeMatha Catholic. There's, so, there's way too much talent that comes out of that region, and Notre Dame's just not tapping into it enough. Now, when they have Cam Hart, Sam Mustafer, They've been able to to have mostly good players. I mean, DJ Brown's been a solid player. DJ Brown's not a bum. He's been he's been a you know he's been a good rotation guy, good leader, and all that. I will say this: DJ Brown made me upset a little bit this morning. Okay, why? uh, What did he tweet about? Was about basketball? I I just watched the Fiesta Bowl over. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah, I I still love him. I I love him. I understand. Yeah, I was rough. Yeah, <laughs> but you got Cam Hart from there. You got yeah. Sam Mustafer from there. Yeah, you've missed a lot of really good players from there. That's an area where Notre Dame has to have more success. I mean that yeah. that should be prime Notre Dame area. And Ohio State makes a killing there. I mean Bama's gone up there and gotten the Kajando brothers, Terrell yes. Hall. Yeah, I mean Ohio State's got some really good players in that region. Michigan and and Penn State have made you know cleaned up there. Heck, even Stanford went into that to that league and got a quarterback in Kevin Hogan that yes you know it was a, it was a very one more games than anybody else Notre Dame had the last 10 years of quarterback right and doesn't yeah. have the talent that most of those guys have AK you know <laughs> development so you know I mean that's kind of the reality of, of that situation that they they've got to get a foothold there and if you can get you know he so Devin Houston's not from that cath like that that the big time programs but he's at a private school in that area you get Devin Moore, who's from that region. Now, all of a sudden, you start saying, okay, we're going to be a player here because these are two – because Jason Moore – Devin Houston's a top 200 kind of kid. He's a little bit underrated in my opinion. Yeah. But, you know, he hasn't been there that long. You know, came from Canada, you know, and, and sort of a late bloomer as a football recruit. He kind of kind of came out of nowhere. Where Jason Moore, for uh, over a year now, has been considered one of the best players in this class. Absolutely. And he's a legit top 50 guy. So that's one of those sort of – momentum building recruits a la Caleb Downs, you know, Peyton Bowen and Braylon James in Texas are that kind of guy, you know, yeah. uh, and, and it's, it's, it only adds to the need to get him in this class in my opinion. Yeah. Let's do it, man. I'm so amped. 
this weekend, <laughs> this weekend is so, so inspiring mm-hmm. as a fan. I mean, sometimes we have to pull the reins on ourselves and remember we're part of the media. But you know what it's like to get into that fan zone every yeah. now and then. It's hard. It's hard. Well, yeah. it's a perfect segue because speaking of fan zone, last guy we're going to talk about is Jaden Osbury. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, look, he's a he's another guy, Sean, that I put him in the category of a Caleb Downs in yeah. that this is a kid that geographically is not is a tough get for Notre Dame. I mean, literally his high school is connected to LSU. I mean, literally, he's from Baton Rouge. His dad works at LSU. And everything in that regard is trending not in Notre Dame's favor. But then you kind of start looking into Jaden specifically, high academic kid, values education, not afraid to go away from home. Just then you talk to him and you're like, man, that's he talks like a kid. And I'm not talking about like tone and he sounds smart. I'm talking about just the way he talks about life and football and education, it's like, man, that's the kind of kid that leads to a Notre Dame decision. Right. And you go back to all the other things. Him and Caleb Downs are those guys that you look at and you say, these are Notre Dame kids. They just don't know it yet. Christian Gray's like that, Mm -hmm. right? Where you're a Notre Dame kid. You just don't know it yet. And now it's our job as a staff to convince you of that. And they've had, this is now going to be the third trip to Notre Dame for Jaden Osbury. Yeah. You're going to know this weekend if you have a shot to get him or not. Because if you can't get him to commit or really give you some strong vibes, you then got to start thinking about, okay, if we can't get it now, is it going to happen? Because we've not, you've now used your official. right? So the hope if you can get him back on campus in the fall is for an unofficial. But if it's not, if it's not like, if it's not, if you can't seal the deal this weekend, and as far as I know so far, they have not. For all those people that have been reading into some posts yesterday, uh, I wish I would have probably been much happier even in that in those uh, gifts if I would have if it would have been him. But if they don't close it this weekend, they're going to have to start seriously thinking about if you want a third linebacker, you need to go elsewhere. Yeah. So this is an incredibly, and I don't know if I would say that about anybody else other than him and Caleb Downs. I think it, it's one of those things like this is your last shot, basically, yeah. with yeah. those kids. And, you know, so it's it's a it's an incredibly important weekend for Jaden Osbury because he's a heck of a football player, but he's also a great fit. And again, it goes down to it. You get a kid from Baton Rouge to turn down LSU. I mean, how do you how do you close the gap? You steal the top corner on their board and you steal the top linebacker on their board. That's how you that's how you surpass LSU. I mean, I would argue Notre Dame's already surpassed LSU on a football field, except for one year, one anomaly season that, you know, kind of all the. You know, you got the grad transfer quarterback, the one-year OC, all that other kind of stuff, whatever. But that's how you do it, right? That's how you then put distance between yourself and those programs. Is you start taking the guys they want. You're talking about beating Alabama for Ronan Hannafin, beating Clemson for Ronan Hannafin, you know, beating Georgia and Alabama for Caleb Downs, beating Florida and Alabama and Ohio State for Caleb uh, Keon Keeley. You know, go, go down the list of all the, you know, beating Oklahoma and Alabama for Peyton Bowen. I mean, beating Penn State and Ohio State for Jason Moore, beating yeah. Clemson and Georgia and Alabama for Monroe Freeling, you know, beating LSU for Jaden Osbury. I mean, that's the other thing that we haven't even talked about a lot, Sean, and, and we probably should now that we're already an hour into the show. They're not look, they're not battling BC for no. these kids. They're not battling, no. you know, uh, 
Texas Tech, they're they're battling. I mean, here's who's on Ronan Hannafin. It's Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. I mean, uh, Alabama. Rico Flores, it's Notre Dame, Georgia, and Ohio State. Christian Gray, it's Notre Dame, LSU, uh, Ohio State, and USC. Caleb Downs, it's Notre Dame, Georgia, Alabama, other such programs, right? Monroe Freeling, it's Notre Dame, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. Jason Mortz, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Jaden Osbury, Notre Dame, LSU, Auburn, teams like that, right? They're, th- th- these are all big-time players that they're battling big-time schools against. And the more of these kids you get, the fewer of these kids that are going to those programs. And yeah. that's what I've said. That's how, the Closing the gap isn't just about you rising. It's about you rising while you're causing them to descend by taking players from them. That's a huge, huge aspect to that recruitment. Check this out. I just thought about this. I liken the races or the competition for these players to a relay race. Mm-hmm. Schools like Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, that historic, that have won recent championships, they like to ease into things because they know their last leg is their best leg. Mm-hmm. They're used to closing kids late. They they can afford to get on some kids. That's why you see a bunch of kids that Notre Dame have been on now are getting offers from Georgia and other SEC schools because they're used to closing late because they know they can always say, look, we win championships here. They have things that they can go to that other programs don't have. Notre Dame and this staff and the way they're doing things, they are literally jumping on kids and jumping out to leagues on these players. And what they're doing now is they might end up forcing Georgia, Alabama, to come out of their comfort zone and do things a little bit different. Because if they can close on a Caleb down, a kid like that, then they're saying, okay, we thought we could chase everybody else down, but we can't chase them down. And they're just at the beginning of the thing that they're trying to build. We might need to be more aggressive in 24 and 25. So Notre Dame and the coaching staff, they're really doing a great job of forcing the issue in recruiting right. and getting these guys on campus, getting out to a lead with certain kids or making it very close with certain kids because the advantage is read the tea leaves, know if we can close in the summer or in the spring, and let's not go into the strength of schools like Alabama and Georgia, which is the fall when they can get them on campus and when they can watch them play on TV. Mm-hmm. We don't want to battle them that way. Right. We want to win right now and then force them to have to change up and say, you know what, we can no longer depend on going into the fall, right. and being able to close on these kids. They read the tea leaves properly, we think, on Samuel and Pimba and said, you know what, we're not going to use this visit right. in June. Let's push it back. You're That's not getting him to commit in June, no matter right. how good next weekend's visit would have gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now you're seeing the strategy, which is great. I don't know if that's how they looked at it. No, it is. I mean, because we broke the news that he was going to push it back. Yeah. And it was it was expressed that way. Like, look, he's not making a decision until December. Yeah. So we have to hope if we bring him in now officially, we have to hope that we can convince him to spend money on his own dime to come back mm-hmm. up in the fall. Maybe yeah. he would. Yeah. It's harder. Yeah. So let's let's. 
why not bring him in for the Clemson game? Yeah. It gets it about a month out from his decision because he's going to, you know, announce and sign in December most likely. It makes – and he's been on campus before, so it's not like you're risking like he's not going to see the culture and, you know, and all. he's been on campus twice in the last year. Yeah. So it's smart. But I, I think the other thing too, Sean, is you've got to be smart enough to know who you are still. Absolutely. You can say we're Notre Dame, but you then don't start thinking you can just walk in and act like Bama. No, you you have to say okay, we are we're going to go after Bama. We're going to attack, right. but but we're, we've got to realize who we are, and that is you can't wait till the end of this whole thing to go out there and get kids because you don't have six championships in the last fifteen years. You know, yeah. you don't have two championships in the last six years like Clemson does. Right. You, you don't have you're not the defending national champs like Georgia is, right? And Absolutely. you don't have that bag to throw at some kids to get a kid late, which is a lot of times what can happen late in the game. Yeah. yeah. So if you're Notre Dame, you got to get them now and then hold on. That's the key, and that's where they're at now. Now, in three, four years, could they be in a situation where there there's a couple positions where they want to see how the current roster plays out? They know they can flip some big time kids late. Sure, it'd be nice to get there, but they're not yeah. there yet, and no. and they have to be honest themselves about it. And they are. And the other part too that I think is masterful about this staff because I would argue the previous staff knew that they had to fill up early too. They did. The difference is, is this staff is looking to fill up early with dudes. They're not, they're not taking, they're not, they're not panicking into taking kids. Now yeah. it doesn't mean that like every kid they gets a top 50 player because Joe Odding's not that Elijah page is not that, Yeah, but they view them as definitely guys that they want. My point is they're not saying, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to get Christian grace. So let's take this other kid that maybe he's not as good of a player. Yeah. You know, or I don't know if we're going to be able to get, Jason Moore. So let's take this other end. Who's a, you know, like I've said this before, Brooks bars committed to Notre Dame. If the previous staff is still here. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a nice solid player. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But if you're trying to, if he's a good player to have, if you're trying to beat Michigan state and beat Illinois and beat Stanford and, you know, beat teams like that, but he's not a kid you bring in. If you're trying to beat Bama and Georgia and Clemson, and Ohio state. Yeah. And but this staff said, hey, we like the kid. He's a good player, good kid. But we have our eyes set on something different. And they've so far they've gone out and got it. So I mean, they've kind of hit the inside straight so far. Now they're really trying to take it to that next level with Jason Moore. So final kid on the board, Sean, is Micah Tease. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be brief here because I just he's an incredibly hard kid to read. I he's been on campus before. I still feel like USC is the pick right now for him. If he had to pick today, if I had to predict today, I think USC would be the team I would go with. Yeah. But I think this weekend is very important for Notre Dame because this is the first time he's been on campus where they're going to be able to have a more thorough conversation with him about playing receiver. And I think that's going to be the thing. If you can convince him that he's going to get a legitimate shot to play receiver, not like we'll let you try it out for the first week and then move you back to DB. If they can really give him a shot. And here's the thing. With Christian Gray on campus this weekend, if you can close on Christian Gray, and and then let let this again hypothetically, and then let let Micah Tease know that the hey look, just so you know, like we think we're going to close on Christian Gray. We feel really good about where we are with Micah Bell. We just lost Rodney Gallagher. All the stars have aligned for mm-hmm. you to understand that when we talk to you about having a shot at receiver, we mean it. We mean it. That's the shot they have. If they can't convince him, he's going to get get a shot there. Then. Because Oklahoma couldn't convince him to definitely be defense. If the in-state school can't convince him to stay on defense no matter what, Notre Dame's not going to be able to convince him of that. And so I think this is why it's a, it's going to be an important weekend for for him. So, well, 
I'll give this bit of intel. He is having an absolute amazing time. Come on, Micah T's? Yes. Okay. It's huge. The first day was amazing. It's huge. Yeah. So hopefully the second day can trump that. <laughs> well, it's a I think he actually got in. in. He actually got in on the ninth, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a couple of those kids did. Uh, yeah. Rico Flores got in Thursday night. Uh, some of those, yeah, a few of those kids got in, got in late Thursday yeah. night. Yeah. So it's man, very interesting. Yesterday was a really, really good day for Michael T's and Notre Dame. And That's what you need. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. You have to. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.